There we go. Finally, late, but better than never. We're finally here. Shanti, uh, thank you for being patient with me today and coming on the show. <laughs> you just want to for having me. Yeah. Do you just want to go ahead and just introduce yourself a little bit for the folks that haven't heard of you? Sure. Um, my name is Shanti Hershenson. I'm 14 years old. I have written 12 books and I've published eight of them. That is a heck of a feat. And just so people not watching YouTube, then the new list, no, new fans of yours might, so, so they understand that you're only 14 and you started writing when you're 13. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, how did that all start? I, was, I mean, so I've been really interested in writing for probably as long as I can remember, but it really did take off kind of in the middle of the pandemic. So, I would have been in sixth grade and I was sad and lonely. I think it was nearly the summer between sixth and seventh grade. I was really sad and lonely. And I kind of just, I needed a way to channel all this pain into writing. And I had previously written and published two novellas. They're really short, really bad in sixth grade with a friend. And I was kind of writing short stories after that. But then what happened was um, during the pandemic, I sat down, I thought, okay, I'm going to write a 20,000 word novella. It's going to be short. And maybe if it's good enough, I'll publish it. And then what ended up happening was every day I wrote a little more, a little more, and it grew. The story grew so long that by the time I had just barely turned 13, I had finished this 800 page, 250,000 word draft. It's a real light reader. (laughs) And it was just, I never expected it to go that far. And I'd already been researching publishing, but there was a problem. I couldn't publish a book that long, market it and edit it and be able to do all that. And what ended up happening is I kind of, how long had I been editing it for? Um, You know, I edited as much as I could, um, got a lot of help. And what ended up um, happening was the book was split into three separate books and actually did end up writing a fourth biomlock book, but it was split into three separate books. Um, the first biomlock book, which is significantly shorter, was published in August of 2021, actually days before I started eighth grade. And I had also um, in that time published a few more books because when I wasn't writing biomlock, I was writing a lot more. So I'd say by the time Biomlock was published, I had about 10 books written maybe that I can um, talk about, of course. Yeah. I just, so how did you, well, we'll get to the, the, the details of it, but I'm just curious. I mean, did you, you said you started doing this just, you know, as a way to kind of, uh, you know, as an outlet, if you will, mm-hmm. did you have the intention when you first started of, creating this whole thing. I mean, I mean, 10 books, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I had to write college papers and you know, it's like, Oh, you need a thousand words. It's like, come on. (laughs) That's a lot. But I mean, 20,000, you say that's a short novella. I mean, that seems like um, a lot to me. I have a series of novellas and each of them around 20,000 words and the text size is kind of small on them. So they'd be a little longer. And actually this is the third book in the series, which I wrote in the summer of 2021 ish, but I just published it on December 1st. <laughs> that one's been in the backlog for months now. So did you ever expect that, that you would be doing this when you first started? Honestly, Was this the plan or did it just kind of grow into it? Did, thing? For things to be as they are now. No, when I first started writing Biomlock, maybe it was kind of like, okay, when I finish this, I'll publish it as a kind of short 
novella and just share it with my friends and family. Except as I continued writing it, and as I think I learned more about the publishing world and self-publishing and traditional publishing and cover design and all of that, it kind of grew into something that was more real. And at first I was going to traditionally publish it. I was going to submit to agents this 800 page novel. And I kind of decided that I didn't want to for multiple reasons. I think, yeah, I think there are several reasons why I ended up self-publishing and I think they're all good, but honestly, things have turned out way better than I've ever imagined them being. (laughs) So from the beginning until now, I mean, what have your friends and family thought about this whole endeavor that you've taken on? Um, My parents are all really impressed and really supportive. Um, I think my friends are pretty surprised. We joke about my books a lot. We have different, uh, some of them have read them. Um, Some people have not read all my books. My parents have. At least they're catching up. There's a lot of them, so it's kind of hard to catch up on. But they're definitely um, really great and really supportive and really help. And I apologize. I haven't read anything yet. I have actually just transferred uh, to a new position within my full-time job. And so trying to get my feet back on the ground from there, I'm on a backlog. I actually had an author on a couple months ago and I'm still, his books are in my queue still. So I will get to him, I promise. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, why, why books? You said you wanted an outlet. I mean, why not say music or drawing or painting or another form of art? I'm not exactly sure. I love to draw, but it's also, I'm not as, I don't know, I'm not as good of an artist as I am a writer. I can't design my own book covers or anything. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know, writing has always captivated me the most because I can create like pretty much whole worlds and I can create characters and stories that I can relate to and understand. And um, I can create books that other people can kind of just find homes in, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Were there, uh, was there another author or authors or maybe a a single book or a series that kind of made that light bulb click for you? Say, Hey, I want to try that. I want to do that. I am not sure. There has to be, there's a lot of them. I feel like, because I can find, I think at least when I started writing in sixth grade and wrote the two novellas that I really don't like, I don't even have them with me right now. I don't like them that much. Um, I was inspired by um, the Warriors series by Aaron Hunter. I loved those as a kid. I don't know if I really still do as much now, but they were a very significant part of uh, my childhood, my history with reading. And I think those kind of gave me inspiration. I used to only write about cats when I was younger. I could not really write about people. I mean, I would sometimes write about people with superpowers. Mostly it was cats with superpowers. It was cats (laughs) with everything. And there had to be a cat involved. So you'll find in a lot of my books, there are cats in them. And there's a cat right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, reading those books at the time, were they just a cool story for you and you enjoyed it? Or did was there ever a point in there you started to think, well, maybe I want to try writing my own story, you know, whether it's a short paragraph story or like you said, your novellas? Well, let's see. I think it was I'm trying to think, mainly in third grade, actually second grade, but it was when I was applying to third grade. And I remember I um, was kind of stressed about, you know, getting into a new school and all this kind of stuff. And I was writing my own Warrior Cats books. They were, there's about three of them that I remember. I wish I had them. I don't know if I do. <laughs> and I wrote my own Warrior Cats books and they were short. They were kind of picture books more, but I just, 
I still remember them is something like, I want to write a book one day and I want to write a book like this. You ever think of, you, know, you said you weren't happy with your original ones from that time. Uh, do you ever think about rehab, you know, taking them, cracking back open saying, Hey, maybe I have now evolved as, as an author. Maybe I could, you know, uh, update, if you will, uh, my storyline with this. I've, I've thought about it. So I wrote them with my friend and I don't know what he'd think about that, but it has been something that like one day, if I have nothing else to write and I can't think of a new book idea, which I have a ton of book ideas written, so <laughs> might not happen. But if I ever am short of an idea, I might end up reworking that original series into longer novels. They were legitimately good. They just, they had, um, some writing problems. Some of them are hard to understand. It's hard when two people write a book, but we had a whole five book series planned out. We only got two books. <laughs> so uh, then can you tell me kind of about the, how, you know, so by unlocked the, the one that came out last year, how did that all come to come to be? Can you kind of walk me through the, the story of that? And can you tell us about the novel without getting away any spoilers? So by unlocked started out as the inspiration for it is going to be really, really funny. A game of Minecraft played by my sister and I, maybe a few months before, in which we were kind of experimenting with, I don't remember what it was, if we were like kind of creating the story within Minecraft, where the people were only allowed to stick to one biome. And months later, I just, I was walking on the beach, I remember. And I was like, I want to write a book. And I kept thinking that. And I remember we had a di- I had a different series in mind that I was going to do about possibly like I don't remember it was a middle grade series and instead of doing that I ended up choosing the biomes idea. I can't remember what made me think of it as much as like I was like do you remember that game we played? I'm going to write this and it started out being it was always going to be a dystopian novel but it started out um, being this government that um, just invaded a country and made the people live in the biomes. And it was actually going to be a screenplay at first because I didn't think I had the time to write a full-length novel. <laughs> but as it turned out, I scratched the screenplay idea. And instead of it being a possessive government that just came from nowhere, it were aliens. And the aliens <laughs> invaded, took over the world, and forced the humans to live in the biomes. And that was what I stuck with. <laughs> And basically, I'm trying to think, how do I describe the book without spoiling it? Um, it's the, pretty much a group of teenagers trying to stay alive in their biomes while dealing with sickness and their mental health. And of course, the aliens. And they all have this longing for freedom. I do think the first book um, follows two main characters, Griffin and Kira. Griffin, as he tries to get used to the biomes and Kira, who has to help him survive when something that I won't say because it would spoil the book happens and it kind of just has this whole story come together by the end of book one there is possibility for freedom and that's where book two goes and it's just pretty much them trying to stay alive for three books i do think biomes end the third book is the best book because i do think biome lock is not as good as some of my other books now and how maybe it could have been written better but i wrote it when i was 12 and Biome's End, third book, it's definitely the best one. It's my favorite. And that's the one where everything comes together. And then there's a Biome Lock 4, which I wrote too, but I can't say anything about that because it would spoil <laughs> all of the other books. Sure. Hey, do you feel, you know, with those four books alone, I mean, do you feel like you yourself have changed as an author 
uh, or evolved? Oh, before? yeah. You can um, find any of my series. So the Zyle Delane series or um, Biome Lock and look at the writing from the first book to the second. And more often than not, it improved significantly with the storytelling. I think especially with Zyle, because, you know, Biome Lock was originally one book. So there's that, that element to it. But with the Zyle series, just everything about it from the first book to the third book, I have readers telling me like, oh my gosh, this is so much better. Like, you know, they love the first book and then the third book, it's like always for some reason, the best for me. <laughs> so it, it, with, with 12 books, eight published, correct? Yes. It, I imagine you don't get writer's block often, I'm a, but I, I assume it would come up at some point. I mean, how do you find yourself kind of working through that? So generally when I have writer's block, it's that there is something that's happening and I can't figure out how it's going to happen or I can't explain this event in the book or I'm insecure what the readers are going to think about it. Or um, it's like a str- I like stress about the book and that kind of prevents me from writing and it makes me kind of slow down a little. What I do is I spend a lot of time kind of thinking, okay, this is going to happen and like just going over my story and telling myself it's okay. At least that's how I get writer's block. And when I can't think of any ideas for a scene or I'm losing motivation, the biggest thing I do is I come up with some scenes that I want to write that would make me happy to write. And I find places for those scenes throughout the book, even though I really don't outline it much. Um, And what I do there is it gives me that extra motivation to kind of just add more kind of to the book because I want to get to those scenes. Another way, if I can't figure out what's going to happen, the end of each chapter, this was for um, The Axel Insurgent. This book right here, very fast paced. I just published it in October. Um, But for this book, what I did to kind of combat writer's block and to never have like really many problems with it, I wrote it in uh, 16 days. (laughs) It's a 70,000 word book. And what I did with that is at the end of each chapter, I thought to myself, okay, what's the worst that can go wrong? And I always wrote the worst thing that could go wrong. These characters get in some really funny situations because of it. <laughs> when you're, when are you putting the book together or the story together? I mean, are you starting at the beginning and just kind of working yourself towards the end and seeing what happens? Or do you have the end state in mind and it's how do I get there? I generally start from the beginning. There are a few books I have where I actually know how it's going to end beforehand. The biggest one I can think of is the book I'm writing right now because it's the villain origin story for the Zyle Delane series. And because of that, I have this um, pretty good outline of how the story is going to go based on what another character says. So the question is, how do I put everything she says into a story that's interesting to the reader and with an ending that's as good as, as it seems when the character was telling it? And that book has been a bit of a challenge. I have had a book that's been harder to write, but it's still something that's like new to me because mostly when I'm writing, I, um, just, I think of the ending as I write and usually maybe towards the middle and beginning, I have an idea. One of the only books where I had no idea how it was going to end until I literally wrote the ending was the actual insurgent. <laughs> so I, I mean, with that, so, I mean, you, and so you, you're kind of working for it. I mean, at times do you, have you ever thought or had to, you know, this chapter is really good, but doesn't necessarily fit here in the storyboard. Maybe I should shift it down a little ways. I've had, um, with Biome Lock, I have multiple characters' perspectives. And because of that, I've had to go back and add 
um, chapters to the book and there was um, chapters in the villain's perspective. And there was one chapter, one or two chapters in particular that I couldn't figure out where they fit in the story because they could go anywhere. The villain was in a, for most of them was in a completely different city. And because of that, he could go anywhere. And I feel like it's going to change again. I'm not sure. <laughs> and it's hard now because there are three biome lock books. So it's not like you can just switch one up. So now it's like there's a pretty big cliffhanger with that book in the villain's POV that won't get answered until like early on in the next book. <laughs> so do you find yourself going back and reading, you know, say Biomock one, two, and three, for example, like, did I write about this part or do I need to, you know, uh, restudy what you've already put down, if you will? And so you Sometimes. can work. <laughs> I have moments where like right now, especially because on the second biome lock book is being edited and especially today, actually. And there are just some scenes in there that I can't tolerate. It's like, I wrote this. This is the most like cringy thing I've ever written. (laughs) I'm going to have a lot of those in biome's end, especially with any romantic plot lines in the books. But like actually every single book, even the ones I recently published, even the accidental insurgent, I will, I can't read this one because I don't like the way it's written. There's nothing wrong with the way it's written. I just don't like it. (laughs) Because of that, I like have so much trouble reading the lines without just kind of feeling sick. And I'm like, why did I write this? (laughs) Especially with the the accidental surgeon, because the writing style is different in a sense that it's less detailed, kind of even rushed in a way, because the characters are always in a hurry. It's very weird to explain. It's not that it's bad, just there's so much more description that could have been used but it would have significantly slowed down the story. So I didn't. So I, with that, so it seems like Biomox, bio excuse me, looking at the cover and hearing your description about seeing dystopian future, almost a sci-fi with the aliens and such. Your mm-hmm. other books, are they all kind of in that same genre? Or are you jumping around? Somewhat. So the accidental insurgent is definitely dystopian. It's not, this is weird. It's dystopian, but it isn't science fiction. There aren't that there. It takes, it does take place in the future, but there isn't exactly the kind of aliens and all the sciencey stuff that kind of goes on in Biomlock where this one is two characters struggling to stay alive in a kind of snapshot of time within the world of the accidental insurgent is very vague. It takes place in a valley. You don't know what's beyond that valley. It's just really like just small section of life for these characters in this kind of very vague society. And it's still interesting because you still get to know them. But yeah, this one is definitely similar to Biomlock. It's the closest I have to Biomlock. Um, Isaiah Delane series is Ghosts in Paranormal Fantasy. And it's very weird, very trippy. Definitely has horror to it. It is definitely just, it might be my favorite, actually. As I talk about it, I think it might be my favorite. And what time period is? also just super weird. Definitely not for everyone. It's actually my best received book besides a different one. And it's just really weird. That's how I describe it. It's weird. (laughs) Well, what time period do you have that series set in? Is that more modern? Uh, This series is set in 2009. The prequel is set in 1944. So do you do any research? You know, you know, I'm a huge history buff, so I can sit down and read you know, dry nonfiction books all day long. And a lot of people think I'm crazy, but to, to make sure that it's you know, historically accurate, do you kind of go down that rabbit hole though? I do. I've been trying for uh, my current books. I keep having to Google, when was this invented to make sure it's like realistic? <laughs> there are definitely some elements to it that aren't historically accurate, 
I don't know, I love like World War II related things. I'm trying to incorporate World War II into this new book, but it is getting kind of hard. So it's like little mentions of every now and then, but it's also something that I might end up like cutting from the story and just saying it takes place in that kind of time period. Cause it's actually kind of hard to cut all that. But yeah, it's one of the harder ones. Zyle, I didn't have to Google much. Um, a lot of the time I am having to Google like um, medical related things because it's very hard. I have this, I have the search history of a serial killer for some of these books. <laughs> and I, I um, was writing at school and I had to Google, like I was Googling something for my new book and I totally look like a serial killer but <laughs> on the school computers too. Of course. Like, my teachers know I'm a writer. They won't mind. <laughs> And speaking of school, I mean, how do you balance out time to work on the books and, you know, the editing, of course, and then writing the stories along with school and everything else that life has to throw at you when you're you know, 13, 14 years old? So for school, usually I have a kind of bad habit of prioritizing my writing over my schoolwork. I um, as soon as I get home, I don't have much homework, thankfully. But as soon as I get home, I will go and I write a thousand words. I do it every day. Even on the weekends, I've um, kind of done the same amount every day it's good for getting it routines but actually depending on which book i will be doing a different word count some books i can write two thousand words a day without getting tired some books i can write four thousand to five thousand words a day and just not get tired with it um other books i just start getting kind of tired of um writing them and i get like i need to take a break and i only do a thousand words per day that's what i do during the school year it's usually not that bad. Sometimes I'll have to just resort to writing like novellas in shorter books as opposed to all my novels when I have school. I do think that actually my grades aren't terrible. So I guess I'm doing okay, but I could do better about schoolwork and the writing kind of, but. I mean, do you ever just sit down and have absolutely nothing in, in your mind towards the story? And do you just sit there and kind of stare at the screen or do you this? start typing or writing away at whatever happens to be popping out at you at the moment? Some of the books, I'll have no idea what's going to happen. I'll just be able to sit down and my brain will just start coming up with things. Most of my books, like the one I have now, I actually have figured out how the rest of the book is going to go. And because of that, it's kind of like, it's easy to do. But yeah, there are some times I'll have no idea what I'm going to do. And I'll just sit there staring. And eventually I'll say, okay, you've done nothing today. You're going to hate yourself tomorrow if you don't write a thousand words. So just do it. And I'll be able to kind of write a thousand words that are maybe not the best, but they're still good. And I'll go back and I'll edit them later. Though most days I have no problems with it because the day before I plan what I'm going to write. And to get more into the the, the business side of the, the publishing, of course, how so how did you first figure out how to eat or that one that you want to go to self-publish route but two how do you even figure that out i mean at such a young age i mean when i was in sixth grade um, uh, you know, I, I could barely figure out what i wanted to have for lunch that day <laughs> let alone so i think one of the main reasons was that i had done it before in sixth grade but also when i was writing biomlock i had this turning point where I was just, you know, researching it. And I was like, okay, this could take years to do. I wanted, I wanted to do it when I was still young. I didn't want to wait until I was 18 publishers. I don't know. They might not take it. It's like, I was willing to work to kind of get a publisher. And then uh, realization number two hit me. I will have no creative control over my works. 
I, um, you know, they only control the cover, what goes in the story. And that was really bothering to me because I wrote these books the way I want them to be told. I'm fine if there are little plot holes and things that need to be fixed. Happens all the time. But like giant story things like publishers changing the title just didn't sound right to me. And it was like, it kind of bothered me because I wanted to have control over my stories and I didn't want some of my books like to be rejected by publishers. And I just, I don't know. I don't think like one or two people should decide whether or not someone can become an author. Like books are everyone's book. book, One book is not for everyone. And because of that, it just sounded like just not fun to me. It sounded like it would quickly turn into instead of a kind of hobby it would just turn into a job that I was forced to do. Though now writing is pretty much my career. So So what were the first steps you took to get your first book published and were your parents there to help you out, kind of guide you along the way, or did you just, you know, march ahead and pave your own path? Yeah, I did it all myself uh, in sixth grade with my first two books where I was just Googling how to get them printed. And I came across Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing. And that just sounded awesome to me. I went ahead and did it without much help, ordered a book and uh, was like, oh, yeah, guys, I just wrote a book. Um, like actually, well, I had my parents read it, but I don't think they knew I was going to publish it. So I kind of <laughs> surprised them that first time, I think. And has it gotten easier for you since then, since you kind of know what you're looking at? Oh, yeah. Um, especially with um, from Zyle to all my new ones. When I first pub- when I published the first Zyle book, it was about either I think it was April or May of um, 2021. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, kind of just because I hadn't done it in over a year. And I had to re-upload the PDF so many times just from little errors that I hadn't noticed. <laughs> One time I accidentally uploaded the unedited PDF. And finally, though, I announced it to my readers. It was good. And I think it's going to sound insane, but I am pretty sure half of all the sales I have ever received have been for this book. Okay. <laughs> so. And well, going once you publish and everything, but before you publish the editing side, and are you editing completely yourself? Or are you giving it to friends, family? Have you hired or, or approached a professional editor, if you will? Um, so first, first, what I do is I go through them myself. Often, there's not much I change compared to other authors. I know rewrite their books a bunch of times. I cannot bring myself to do that. <laughs> um, it's probably some of my books. Like I feel like they could have used a rewrite. They could have used different things, but I just I can't do it. Instead, I, there are very minimal things I change, maybe add some scenes. And it's just because I finish them pretty quickly. The books I finish writing my first drafts quickly, and then I don't know really what to do. And they stay dormant. And then I have a writing coach whom I meet with, and she helps me um, edit, especially proofread them. Because there are a lot of grammatical errors that will just kind of, I just won't notice. And after that, I publish them. <laughs> and I have a really crazy writing process after I finish the first draft. And it is the craziest thing. It is very strange, but it works when you have a lot of books. <laughs> What's the process like? So first of all, I finish a draft. First draft, done. Then I let it sit dormant. I don't touch it. I go and edit another draft that was a first draft that was dormant, and then it's in the second draft area. And then after that, I'll go back and either I'll write a sequel of the book I just edited and write a new book. Then when I'm done with that book, go back to the old one and do that one. 
does it do you feel like it helps you just be able to be a little bit more objective that way? Yeah, because I need to usually kind of sit away from the books for a while. And especially with the Axel Insurgent, I don't know. This book is I have mixed feelings about because I couldn't figure out what I needed to change. There were very little things like I would be like, oh, I don't like this part. And then when I go to it, I'd be like, oh, this isn't so bad. And even with Zyle, um, all these books, there's just not much change. And with your writing coach, and you, you said that they help you out with the editing and, and proofreading, of course. And I mean, how harsh are they? on it because i've had a, really I had an not. english professor who first time i turned in a paper to him there i think there's more red ink than there was black on the paper <laughs> no she's really nice it's not i don't know there's not much to fix in my books for some reason i can't find anything i'm sure my books would get slammed by critics at least some of them i don't know i have some that have been actually all of my books have been really well received i have uh one book right now that actually two books now that have um showed up in school libraries and I just learned about it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats. Thank you. I mean, speaking of the critics, I mean, do you go through and being on Amazon, of course, everybody can leave a, you know, a zero to five star review and drop a comment on there. I mean, do you go through and read those or you just kind of shove it aside and don't let it get to you? So for me, at least I, um, most of my books, they're pretty much, uh, Biomlock was hit pretty hard when I published it, mainly because there was a problem where the people buying it weren't of my target audience. So then they were going and leaving it kind of lower ratings, but it wasn't, so Biomlock has a kind of low average, it does almost it's close to four stars. But anyways, um, I don't know, I've gotten a few one stars. They never say anything, so I don't, I'm not too bothered by them. I think generally I do go and read the five-star ones and those make me really happy and they motivate me. And speaking of targeted audience, does Amazon allow you to, so I know Facebook and Instagram, you can do targeted ads and you can put in male, female and age group from here to here and that kind of, you know, or live in this region of the world kind of thing. Do, are you able to do that while publishing or is it just throw it out in the wild and see what happens? I am to an extent. I'm allowed to do keywords and categories but it is very easy to get your book in the hands of someone who wouldn't enjoy it as much as like, as opposed to someone else. I only have one book that really goes for everyone. It's not like one specific target audience. It's just like people 14 years or older. And that one's done the best. Which one's that? Um, my poetry. Well, it's a novel told in poetry called you own her name. This is the book It's done the best. I think it might be tied with Zyle right now for which book's doing the best. It's my best received book. And it's also my favorite one I've written. And uh, just as a whole, I mean, for your books, I mean, who, who do you want to be reading it? I mean, who's the targeted audience that you're looking for? I think it varies per book. This one is for anyone 14 years or older who can handle it. Um, the Zyle series is for people 12 and up that like kind of darker books that are also kind of fun and weird and maybe have a little element of nostalgia to them. The Axel Insurgent is for people that like fast paced books that have really that have interesting characters and this kind of story that's both very detailed and vague at the same time. If that makes any sense, it's kind of complicated. Uh, Biomock is definitely for middle schoolers who are kind of searching for their identity and just want a whole cast of characters to relate with and that um, they can understand. 
And do you see yourself as you, as you grow older and, you know, move from middle school to high school, do you start to see yourself writing more for that age group or do you think this is kind of the, the area that you want to stick with? I see myself, I see like my genres changing, genres changing a little because like now I'm writing books. Most of my books that I've written are now about older high schoolers and even adults. I have one character who's 19 is the main character. And because it is, it's gradually becoming harder to write about my own age in some strange way. 13 year olds are getting harder to write than like 16 year olds now. And so why is that? I mean, I'm not sure. It's like, especially because that's an age that's very complex that I understand. But at the same time, all the things teenagers feel, at least in a, because the biomock kids are a little more normal than like the accidental insurgent. They are 18, they're closer to adulthood. But the biomock characters, they're normal. I mean, they're normal to an extent where they have a lot of um, things that are normal to middle schoolers and a lot that isn't. And it's very hard to kind of combine both of those to kind of make it, like make the story work. Zyle is a little easier. The characters in Zyle are 10, but they're also one of the characters. Well, both the two main characters, Aaron and Zyle, are 10 years old, but Zyle's technically 10, but maybe she isn't. She might be a little older than that. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And Aaron is a 10 year old boy, but he's also brave and heroic. And I think that's something I do really admire about him. Well, it seems like you, you certainly polish your traps on. Um on your repertoire of reading, I mean, looking back on it from the beginning till now and moving forward, I mean, have there been any difficulties or challenges that you thought were near impossible to overcome that now it's just like, Oh, I got this. Hmm. Definitely. Think about that. Um, hmm. I think writing a book, it's, it's, it used to be hard. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm thinking about my poetry book right now that it was very hard to write and publish the book because of what it's about, though. I am fully prepared to write another poetry book. I have um, a regular. This is this one is a novel told in poetry, and I am putting together a regular collection of poetry that is pretty much about the same topic, just more poems that I wrote while writing that book that just didn't make it in the story or in more in my perspective. And I am fully prepared to publish another poetry book. <laughs> Can you give us a kind of a broad scope on what that book's about? And you said it's, you won't know her name. You won't know her name. Yeah. This is a pretty dark, honestly, this is the most disturbing book I've ever written. Um, and it is about middle school and it is about bullying, but it's also about a little more than bullying and a little, a little more th like things are a little more than like they aren't normal things that middle schoolers should go to through, but in a lot of cases, middle schoolers do. And it is about bullying. And I don't know, there's a whole very long um, list of just things that appear in it that could trigger people. And it's basically the story of, I'm trying to, try to explain it. Um, so it's told in a series of poems. They're poems that couldn't be written by the character it seems like that. And the character is 11 years old and she is starting sixth grade and she was already late to sixth grade by a few, just by a few days. But already that kind of puts her at the bottom of the social ring. She doesn't know who to be friends with. She only has her sister who was not late and her and her sister find this person to be friends with. They are called the person. 
and the person seems nice. They're funny, but a lot of their jokes aren't exactly normal. The person seems to, you know, have a lot on their mind, baby, but slowly the things that in the friendship the girl has with the person slowly becomes like from a friendship to kind of a prison. She can't get out of this friendship, her and her sister. And things start to get so much worse. Things start to get very disturbing very quickly in this friendship to the point where the girl, after one big event, the girl finds herself running and trying to kind of heal from all of this she's endured in the first like two months of school. And this book is very much based on a true story. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so moving forward, I mean, you said you have four books that aren't published yet. Are you going to continue to work on new material or do you think you might want to give yourself a break here and maybe take a day or two or a week off? <laughs> so I think. Cause if you continue I on this am, track, you're going to rival Stephen King for number of books published soon. <laughs> yeah. I definitely am going to continue right now. So I have three biomock books. And I have another dystopian book that isn't published yet. And the one I am writing right now is almost done. And I think I'm just going to keep working and <laughs> keep having because soon, at least I feel like so I've been releasing books around once every other month, but because the, the rest of the books I have are longer now, it might start to be a little um, more time, but ultimately I'm going to keep continuing. I'm probably going to do more um, Zion Delane novellas. I'm thinking about children's books too. So I don't think I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> But if there's so if there's any uh, aspiring authors out there, maybe younger age like yourself, uh, what are some advice that you would offer them, and what are maybe some of the traps and pitfalls that they should look out for? So I think the biggest advice I can give, I say this all the time in interviews and everywhere, is don't let your age kind of get in the way. I think, especially for young people that want to write books, they're like, well, I'm too young to be a good author. I'm too young. I can't write well. I'm a kid. Except that isn't true. Your writing ability and your age are not, your age does not determine your writing ability. And also your writing ability generally doesn't determine your age. And as long as you work at it, you can write like an adult, you can be a good writer and you can publish books. You know, you just got to believe in yourself as corny as that may sound. And for traps and pitfalls, this goes to any aspiring author, person who's trying to write their first book, whether they're young or old, be careful of people and who may in like companies who may act as publishers and try to get you to publish your book. And when you're about to publish it, they may ask you for money. You should not pay unless you're like self-publishing, you're paying money for editing and cover design and marketing. You, a publisher should not ask you for money to publish your book. That is called vanity publishing. It is a scam. The publishers will not produce a high quality book for you. They make most of their money from um, like the money you pay. And it is a trap that you can fall in and can very much mess up your writing career. Are there any red flags that people can watch for beside, before it gets to that point in the conversation of them saying, here's a contract owned oh, by the way in the fine print, you need to pay me X. I think a very big one is if they call themselves a self-publishing house and they might be very pushy, they might call you in another one, just promise you all these things that even traditional publishers won't 
promise. They'll be like, and you can sell your movie rights and you'll be a best-selling author and you'll be famous and just promising all these things and just very much kind of, I guess that, and like being very pushy about it, calling you a bunch of times per day, calling you every day to talk about it. And just, this is going to sound harsh, but like praising your work, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And I have a whole list of names of companies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, most important question, of course, uh, where can people get your books? I know we talked about being on Amazon, but if I know like myself included, I prefer the, you know, the actual hard copy to hold in my hands. Uh, Mm. Are there, is that an option right now? Yeah, all the paperbacks are on Amazon. I have two hardcovers for You Won't Know Her Name and The Axel Surgeon. Both hardcovers. I don't have the hardcovers with me. Um, but I have their hardcovers for those on Amazon. You can also get the hardcovers on Barnes & Noble. And my paperbacks are available on several different online retailers. And at least um, You Won't Know Her Name The Axel Surgeon. Both their hardcovers are available anywhere you buy books online. So, and soon to be in bookstore. Working on some stuff there. Awesome. Uh, well, when you get when you do have all that hashed out, by all means, get back in touch with me. I'd be more than happy to promote and let people know that you now have those books available and I'll do my best to send them that way. But thank you again. Uh, and thank you, uh, especially for being patient with me and me running behind today a little unexpectedly. No but appreciate it. if you just want to hang out for a minute, we can cover the logistics side. But otherwise, thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week and I will catch you next time.